Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe begin their discussion on the Second Commandment. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, you as well. We are just doing a snail trail through the Ten Commandments. And, and I feel like through. we're going too fast as it is. Right. <laughs> we, that we snail could be spending, is fast. <laughs> we, could, <yeah. laughs> we could be spending so much more time on each one of these individuals. And mm-hmm. I remember telling my Sunday school class when I finished the unit on the catechisms, I said, most of me just wants to start over. I don't want mm-hmm. to go into the next section of the Book of Concord mm-hmm. because the catechism is our home mm-hmm. for the faith. This is the faith explained as concisely uh, and simply as possible, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worth uh, saying over and over again. Luther said, I could never master the catechism mm-hmm. even if I spent all day reading it and studying it. Yep. I always wonder what Luther was doing at that you know, when he's talking about doing that with his kids or reading the catechism with his yeah. kids, I'd love to be inside his mind at that point. To... Just have that whole thing written out verbatim yeah, for us to right. pattern ourselves after just to know what he's sure. doing. Yeah, absolutely. So we have covered the first commandment and we've taken a couple of episodes to look at some scriptures dealing with uh, what that first commandment prohibits in idolatry, what it uh, promotes in faith especially saving faith that we looked at last time in Romans 4. And so today we're going to move into the second commandment. And as we get started on that, I'm just going to go ahead and read it for us. I won't have you stand, but please uh, pay attention here as I read the (laughs) second commandment. And it goes like this. What is the second commandment? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. What does this mean? Or vasidas, is that the... Vasidas. Vasidas, yeah. yes. I always want to say that when I say the what does this mean. But anyhow, what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we may, na- we may not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. This is most certainly true. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this is... Good stuff again. We've got right. another set of uh, mm-hmm. prohibition and promotion, vice and virtue, however we want to do it. Yep. Uh, another whole world of Bible study and mm-hmm. practical application open to us with this commandment. Right. And real quickly as we get into this, as we've noted before, the different order to the Ten Commandments, some might say the second commandment is you shall, you may not have any graven images. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is the, the order that uh, we have here. Uh, in the Lutheran tradition, being Lutheran after all. Yeah, well, we're Lutheran, and uh, the real objection, and there really isn't an objection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all God's word, it's all God's command. Mm-hmm. But the way the Lutherans have done it is having a graven image mm-hmm. is idolatry. idolatry. It's right. the very nature of idolatry from Scripture, which is why that's kind of subsumed under that first commandment. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on to something that is of a different nature, and that would be uh, using God's name properly mm-hmm. or improperly. Right. Yeah, and so you're already starting to touch on there what the second commandment is all about, God's name. 
Yeah, God's name is the subject of the second commandment. So when you look at the two sides of our coin that we've been studying, the second commandment is prohibiting the misuse mm-hmm. of God's name, which we would uh, simply call blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is promoting the proper use of God's name, which would just simply be prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what we have here is... Uh, how do you use God's name? And as you hear this and as you reflect on it, listener, you can think of your life and consider how God's name has been used in, in your life. Well, and, and really, when we're talking about God's name, we're talking about the very nature of salvation. This is really where the value of God's name comes into play as far as Scripture is mm-hmm. concerned. Uh, you have, you know, Acts 4, there is no other name given uh, uh, under heaven among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. The name of Jesus literally means God is salvation or God saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have you know passages like Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so uh, as Christians, we want to properly reverence mm-hmm. and awe God's name because it is the name by which we are saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to make use of that name. This is part of the, again, the genius mm-hmm. uh, of the teaching of the catechism is that we don't simply shy away from God's name, which, you know, I think the Jews, they're they're sometimes kind of mocked uh, because uh, they refuse to even utter the name of God. I think it should be commended that they took his name that seriously, Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't want to distance ourselves from the name of God so much that it becomes alien to us or or Mm -hmm. a thing of terror because God has employed his name uh, for our salvation. Right. And, and so we're moving from the first commandment into the second commandment, and they're, they're connected there as we are now directed in using God's name with our, our mouth and our tongue as we praise him for his salvation. Yeah, you have kind of the practical, real-world expression of faith becomes how we make use of that with our voice with our mouth and with our tongue. You, you can't see faith, you can't measure faith, you can't touch faith, uh, but you can hear about the faith. That's what the second commandment is really talking about. Mm-hmm. So J- Jason, tell me, what does it mean really to misuse God's name or to break this commandment? Well, there's, there's a bunch of applications. Like I said, the primary one would be blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And again, I kind of alluded to it. it this starts with the concept of, of even how the Jews uh, used God's name in Scripture. Uh, perhaps you've been wondering in the Old Testament, as you've been reading through the Old Testament, you'll notice certain times, very frequently, the name Lord mm-hmm. is capitalized. Uh, and that is where in Scripture, in the original Hebrew, uh, is the name Yahweh or the Latin Jehovah, mm-hmm. um, and they refused to even speak God's name, and so they use what in Greek is the term Adonai, mm-hmm. uh, and it just means Lord. Or I think that's Hebrew now. I'm gonna uh, my language. I is shouldn't even bring up. it up, but I, I think of that old Supertones song. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even gonna sing it. <laughs> yes, Supertones. Got to throw that in there. But, but that's really where we start with blasphemy. Mm-hmm. It's just the fear of misusing God's name at all. This happens uh, in all sorts of matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think uh, even, again, practically, uh, you know, God's name can be misused in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're invoking God's name and making an oath or swearing when a simple yes or no will do. That's James 5, 12. Mm-hmm. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, you know, 
it's we don't want to misuse it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, during Luther's time, uh, he cites in the large catechism, there was a problem of people getting secretly engaged <laughs> and then breaking off that engagement. Uh, and so, you know, you, you look at the way uh, that was going on, that, that's probably a little bit uh, less of a problem in society today because engagement is kind of grown to be like the buffer period right before marriage or mm-hmm. whatever. But really, it, it, spiritually speaking, is is what we're uh, talking about with misusing God's name. Uh, again, blasphemy, attributing to God mm-hmm. what is not appropriate or taking right. credit away from God for something right. he has done. Yep. That's really uh, what blasphemy is. Romans mm-hmm. calls that attributing to the creature. Yep. Uh, what belongs to God, uh, false teaching, right. uh, using his name for the purposes of false teaching or false doctrine, uh, witchcraft, cursing, swearing, using spells, practicing witness, or mm-hmm. wickedness, uh, all of those sorts of things mm-hmm. fall under this heading. We do want to point out with this that the nature of Christians in our spiritual lives is to be truth tellers. Mm-hmm. And this really focuses the purpose of doctrine in our lives. Uh, we are to be truth tellers in pointing out sin. Mm-hmm. And in not dulling the word of God, condemning sin, we are also to be truth tellers in pointing out the truth of the gospel and making sure that that uh, those promises of forgiveness are freely available to all because of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. Right now, I'm preparing a sermon for the Sunday where Jesus is accused of casting out demons by Beelzebul or Beelzebub. Yeah. And I think that's a good example of this here too. Of of attributing the work of Christ to the devil. And and so, yeah, you see that misuse of God's name. They're associated with um, the spiritual enemy. Yeah, and really, I mean, think demon possession is a great way to think about uh, a, a good physical, material, practical expression of what's going on in this commandment. We mm-hmm. in the West kind of poo-poo the idea mm-hmm. of demon possession, I think, to our detriment. Right. Uh, my grandparents were missionaries in Madagascar, hmm. and uh, my grandpa would talk about uh, to us when I was a kid about having to do exorcisms and people who were possessed by demons. And, and this is mm-hmm. the sort of thing that the Pharisees got themselves in trouble for because Jesus would cast out a demon showing God's authority over the, the dark realms, for lack mm-hmm. of a better phrase, there, the, the forces of darkness. And then the, the Pharisees turned it right around and accused him of being in allegiance with the demons because they were listening to him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's blasphemy at its finest right yeah. there. The other way is to claim that you're God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every cult leader ever sure. <laughs> falls under yeah. that category. And Jesus gets uh, flack for that in the Gospels too. He says to the Jews and uh, or the Pharisees in, in John 8, before Abraham was, I am. Mm-hmm. And they hear him and he's invoking God's name there. Mm-hmm. And, and they take up stones to throw at them because mm-hmm. claiming to be God is a an offense in the Jewish faith that is punishable by death. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there's also a list here of, and maybe it feels kind of like a throwaway list, but this list of cursing, swearing, using spells, uh, practicing witchcraft, I think very quickly, I, I, you know, thinking of just the average church person, somebody might be able to say, well, that's not me at all. But is there any... This is anything to say to them more specifically that 
This is where we get into a gray area. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're practicing witchcraft, that's condemned. Mm -hmm. uh, the big debate for us, you know, in the last 10, 15 years has been what to do about Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fiction. It's obviously branded as fiction. Uh, but real witchcraft implications. And, you know, what are the dangers of witchcraft, of sorcery, mm -hmm. of things like that? It's... Uh, that you are putting yourself in allegiance with these dark forces that are after your soul. Mm -hmm. You know, so does watching Harry Potter make you a witch? Probably not. Does it make you uh, susceptible to accepting that sort of thing? That's a real conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas some people might struggle with addiction to alcohol mm -hmm. or uh, other things, people might be really sensitive to these sorts of things. And I think Christians would do well to be much more respectful of people who are aware of what the Bible says about these things and uh, are really, you know, guarding themselves against it instead of, you know, flippantly dismissing them, saying, you know what, it's not a big deal, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank, yeah, thanks for that clarification there. And yeah, so we, we can break this commandment in so many different ways, I think more than what we think. Yeah. And I, don't, we, I don't know if we've even mentioned even how people say OMG a nope. lot in our day. And well, and that's kind of the go-to right, Christian yeah. gloss is, is don't say that. Sure. And, you know, there's truth in that. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're attaching God's names, again, flippantly. Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, we're not respecting his name. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing, you know, the use of our words, God calls Christians in the world to be truth tellers. Mm -hmm. And if we're corrupting that with cursing or swearing, vile language, you know, things like that, we should be sensitive to those sorts of things. What mm -hmm. we should be doing is repenting. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I think at the same time, we can dwell on all the ways we can break this and, and right. have an endless stream. The, the great thing about the second commandment is that the proper application of this is simply prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, right. we're using God's name appropriately for prayer because we're calling on God in a way that he has revealed himself to be mm -hmm. in relation to us. And we've already mentioned mm -hmm. calling on God for salvation. Yep. Uh, that's what prayer is, calling on God to be God in our lives, to provide for us, to heal, mm -hmm. uh, to comfort uh all those things. And you think a, a great way to speak about prayer is to follow the ACTS acronym. I don't know if you learned that in confirmation, yep. the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and then sometimes you add intercession on with that. Mm -hmm. But all of those are appropriate applications and positive applications of the second commandment in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A amen to that. And so this is not just about, well, did I take God's name? I didn't, I didn't say that specific phrase, yeah. and so I'm good. But it's about seeing what, what God does call sin, repenting of that, and replacing it with prayer and praise towards God. Mm -hmm. Rightly orienting ourselves to mm -hmm. God's name and what that means for our lives as a Christian. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, thanksgiving, rightly thanking God for being our provider and our sustainer. We thank him endlessly mm -hmm. for salvation, not to mention our daily bread, the clothing that we wear, so on and so forth. Uh, we are using God's name rightly when we are proclaiming his name, uh, you know, knowing what we believe and why we believe it is mm -hmm. obeying the second commandment. Right. So uh, even what we're doing right here. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, right. You know, right. it's, uh, we're, properly orienting ourselves to the truth of God's word, which points us back to God, mm -hmm. uh, confessing uh, our faith 
confessing Jesus as Lord. So you have confessing sin would be the, you know, part of the negative aspect of breaking God's law. Confessing your faith flips that on to, again, being a truth teller, Mm -hmm. acknowledging who God has revealed himself to be, who Jesus Christ is revealed to us to be, who the Holy Spirit has been revealed to us to be. And the the, uh, attachment to that is that they are all those things for us. God is creator for us. Uh, Jesus is redeemer for us. Holy Spirit is sanctified. sanctifier for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. And and we also seek to uh, glorify God, honor God, God's name through our speech and through our conduct as those who have been redeemed by God's grace. And that comes out as we, as we seek to make his name famous in, in our lives. Yeah, we seek to make his name famous. You know, it's it, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think athletes, yeah, right. A lot of times are mocked. Uh, you know, when they give all thanks and glory to God. In in reality, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. God, uh, part of his good gifts is giving us talents and skills and ability. Mm-hmm. You know, when I visit people in the hospital, I constantly you have a pray. press conference afterwards. No, I don't have a press conference afterwards. Give no all one, praise to God. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but I go to the hospital when I pray. For the person who's receiving treatment, I pray for God to give the doctors and mm-hmm. nurses wisdom and skill yep. uh, to care for the patient, to diagnose and treat the illness. Uh, that is properly orienting ourselves again to God's name. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that God is against disease. Mm-hmm. Christ spent uh, a good portion of his time in the Gospels healing disease. And, and so uh, we employ God's name in the same way we see Jesus employing God's name. The same, mm-hmm. you know, fighting the forces of darkness, fighting against the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. And when we are doing those things, this is what the second commandment and really all of the commandments are mm-hmm. talking about, using uh, who God has revealed himself to be in a positive way in our lives. Right. And, and I like how you, you've been using the word reorienting us to to God's word and his work. And that's, once again, immensely practical yeah. as we've been talking about this, that, you know, there's, there's much depth to each of the commandments. And when you, I mean, you have, like you said, you can kind of have the gloss, simple definition of it. But when you scratch down into this and dig into it, it you get you begin to see the rest of your life in in this light of of the truth of God's word as as you have been saying here too that we need to be truth tellers that um, in Christ as as His word is on our lips we are are speaking the truth. Yeah, it's uh, kind of been one of my sounding boards for these last couple of weeks. It's the subject matter of a class I just took in St. Louis uh, was redefining the word righteousness and not redefining mm-hmm. it, but clarifying it. Every We as Christians have this wonderful, glorious gloss. We talk about righteousness. We're talking about our righteousness before mm-hmm. God, that we are right before him because of Christ in our place. Uh, but there's also righteousness in the world. And so defining uh, righteousness as being rightly oriented mm-hmm. really helps clarify that. And so we are righteous. We are rightly oriented before God by faith in Jesus Christ who forgives us all of our sins. That's entirely uh, the work of God. You know, divine monergism Mm -hmm. is the official uh, terminology for that. But we are righteous in the world and before the world by being rightly oriented to the world. And part of that, vocationally speaking, as far as the second commandment is concerned, we are rightly oriented to the world as truth tellers, Mm -hmm. as pointing people 
to God. And so Matthew 5.16, a passage I just preached on last week here at Faith, uh, was, let your light so shine mm-hmm. before men that we might see that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Uh, the very nature of who we are as Christians, what we do in the world, points people back to God, points people to the name of God, and mm-hmm. that is what we do as Christians for our neighbor. And, and so, you know, being a good husband. Mm-hmm. Pointing people right. back to God, being a, a seeing good employee. Their, like the, that text says, seeing their good deeds, they may praise their Father who is in heaven. Yeah, exactly. And that's second commandment stuff. Mm-hmm. When it talks about praise, when it talks about thanksgiving, it talks about adoration, mm-hmm. when it talks about truth-telling, again, confession of something positive, mm-hmm. uh, that's second commandment stuff. Yeah, good. And I guess as we wrap up here, one kind of one more little topic, uh, t- thinking about an oath or taking an oath. You know, we just came off a couple of months ago of, of uh, election yeah. cycle, and, and then we saw the new president take the oath of office here recently. And tell us, Jason, a little bit about that whole concept of taking an oath. Well, and, and this is the one in Christian history that's been a little bit convoluted and complicated because you have different sects within Christianity saying you can't take oaths ever because of, again, fear of abusing God's name. Mm-hmm. But we take an oath when we call on God's name by asking God to be a witness of our intentions because we don't want to deceive men. You know, So it's appropriate to take an oath in a courthouse. We're calling mm-hmm. God as our witness that I am telling the truth mm-hmm. for this very important legal matter or being sworn into being a public servanthood. Right? The president just did that. Mm-hmm. I believe judges do that. Um, probably others that I'm not thinking of. Mm-hmm. That's when, again, you're using God's name appropriately uh, for truth. Now, in everyday matters, just speak truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Just be a truth teller again. Uh, but in significant matters, God tells us, call him as a witness because he is the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much for clarifying that. For us today, and uh, I think that's a good place to end this, unless you have any closing comments for us today. No, I think we've covered it. All right. Uh, Wonderful. Thank you for listening, and God be praised. His name is glorious, and uh, praise Him for His work in our lives. Thank you for joining us on Being Lutheran. Please check us out on the web at beinglutheran.com. Join us for our next episode as Pastor Brett and Pastor Jason continue their discussion on the Second Commandment.